Wow. <laughs> How about that? Was that a puma? Hello, listeners. Welcome to Movies on the Side, where we can both be loud this episode. I'm Nate Baranowski. Yes, and I'm Stephen Robles. And Nate's not under a blanket, nor is he next to a sleeping roommate. I can be loud, I can be boisterous, and boy howdy, I will need to be because we reviewed the 1995 epic Waterworld. Oh, yes. And we're going to get to that in a moment. I want to mention two things. Yes. First of all, first of all, through the end of 2019... I want to say it because, you know, I've found that, you know, people, I think, listen in chunks, Nate. Sure. I think they listen to our episodes in chunks, and they'll listen to a few episodes here and some there. On like a long commute or a long trip. Right. So you never know if, you know, they might skip one, which is sacrilegious if you do skip an episode, but we won't judge you. We won't judge you. <laughs> but in case you've skipped a few, just so you know, if you become a Patreon supporter by the end of 2019, so you have, what, like six weeks left. Right. We'll call it like a Black Friday deal. Oh, yeah. Black Friday. $5 or around there, we'll send you a free t-shirt. $10 or more, we will send you a free hoodie. And it's actually getting chilly here in Florida, so you might want a hoodie. Patreon.com slash Movies on the Side. Support the show. If you're a faithful listener, we'd love to send you merch. And then you get bonus episodes every week, which we just recorded 30 minutes uh, talking about our customer services experiences and why no one pronounces my name correctly. It was pure gold. We did a quick role play of the amount of talking you should do when you order at Starbucks. We talked about having That's right. a flower person, someone who can cut your hair for you, like having three people yes. that are close to you who that know your name when you go in and what we would desire in our lives. So there's that. And the second thing before we get to the movie, <laughs> a couple episodes ago, one of our recent Patreon supporters, Todd, challenged us to read the Fiji Water uh, about page live on the show and now i love this other listeners of bots are sending us random water brands yes and wanting us to read uh on the show now did you see the one sent us by carolyn no i haven't seen it so carolyn also a patreon supporter and faithful listener thank you carolyn she sent us a picture of a can this is an aluminum can but it is Flat water inside. Yes. It is a water brand. The brand of water is called Liquid Death Mountain Water, and the subtitle is Murder Your Thirst. That is the tagline. And there's a disturbing skull flying uh, on the front of the can. That's some hardcore water. It is some hardcore water. Now, there is a, a lengthy description that I will try to read quickly. You've not heard this or read this yet, Nate, right? You haven't seen I this. I have not heard it at all, but I did listen to our episode where you described Fiji water, and I request that you put the same music behind it because it was a delight to listen to. <laughs> I did. I did. Well, I might have to find a different kind of music because this definitely has a different... Kind of a darker... A darker turn. Maybe a little like a... Yes. What's the Inception theme song? A real... Wah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll do one okay. of those. Okay, all right. Batman Begins. Yeah, I was literally thinking the Batman Begins theme. This is the description of liquid death, the water found in a can. <clears throat> this frosty can of pristine Austrian mountain water won't just refresh your body. It will murder your thirst. Our proprietary thirst murdering process begins with liquid death, forming a rope of veins that will wrap around your thirst's head and strangle it. Once liquid death reaches your thirst's brain, a lot of your thirst's memories will be replaced with repeating loops of its own head imploding, 
which is exactly what happens next by causing your thirst's head to implode and its brain to squirt out of its ears. <laughs> Once your thirst has been murdered, the soul of your thirst will begin to escape and float towards the ceiling. At this point, oh no. drink a second sip of liquid death Get it. to rip its soul back down and force it to begin gluing its own body parts together so that it can crawl back inside you and eventually grow into a finally formed thirst once again. Finish him. <laughs> Fatality. I would have loved to have been in that board meeting with the CEO of Liquid Death. I bet the CEO of Liquid Death is some 30-something thrill seeker and when they read that description, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, something like that. I'll be honest. I love it. I would take that description, the ridiculous, yeah, funny description about thirst getting murdered rather than we plucked this <laughs> hands free from a place unsettled by humanity. It's free range water. Yep. I'd rather. Yeah. Kill your thirst. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's a, a wonderful water description. Thank you, Carolyn. And listeners. Thank you. If you have some bespoke <laughs> water that has some ridiculous story behind it, we'd love to read it on the show. And uh, this, is our, this is our water corner. <laughs> water corner. Our water corner. A water corner. Look in, the, look in the corner of the Mott's room. See that puddle of water? <laughs> that's where Steven goes and trounces in for a couple seconds at the beginning of every episode. You got water in that corner. You got accents in that corner. You got romance in this corner. And then you have, uh, what do you got in the other corner? Plane crashes? Kevin Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner. That's right. And it's fitting that we read another water description because this week's movie is Waterworld, starring <laughs> Kevin Costner from 1995. Steven, I started watching this movie. I have never seen this movie in my life. What? You never saw it? Apparently, I've only seen a couple scenes here and oh, there. Oh, man. As I texted you, I stopped it three times in the first 45 seconds because it was so preposterous. <laughs> but first, give me some Rotten Tomato. The Rotten Tomatoes, Nate. It is almost unanimously agreed upon between critics and audience. 45% critic score, 43% audience score. You don't see it often where the audience score is actually lower, but it is. Oh, man. Okay, before we get into this movie, I have so much to mention. Okay. Wrote down a few notes, but before we get into the actual movie making and the or the, the plot of this, yes. I need to talk about some of the controversy behind this movie. Oh, I didn't know there was controversy. Yes, yes, yes. Wonderful. So, I need to get into it now, otherwise I'm going to come, come back to it all the time. Here, here it is in a big spiel. Waterworld was considered a critical and financial flop. It had the most budget in movie history before the 1997 Titanic. Wow. It had a bloated budget. Kevin Reynolds was the director who Kevin Costner brought in because he did the Robin Hood movie that Kevin Costner was in earlier. At some point in time, I don't have this quote in front of me, but Kevin Reynolds and Kevin Costner had an issue while filming. <laughs> Kevin Reynolds had said at some point in time a quote like, Kevin Costner should only direct his own movies that he stars in. That way, he can work with his favorite director and his favorite actor. <laughs> That's terrible. So apparently, okay. they had like a real falling out during this. There was an original form of this movie that was three hours long. Kevin Costner, I think, took over and the studio, like Universal, came in because it went way over budget. Went over budget? Yeah, it went way over budget. And then went, like, snipped it down to two hours, 15 minutes for the whole thing. 
they filmed it in open water near Hawaii. They had a bunch of storms. A lot of people almost died in the making of this movie. It was a nightmare. Kevin Costner was always wet. He lived in a, an apartment that apparently cost like 4500 a night <laughs> with a private chef, a private baker, a private masseuse, and the rest of the people lived in like unair conditioned uh, condominiums next to him. What? Apparently it was a, a terrible place to work. Uh, just there was a documentary called Maelstrom, like the story of Waterworld, which is as long as the movie goes on forever. <laughs> in general, people didn't like it when it came out because the press and the budget got so crazy. But the people who did like it, like it wasn't cool to like Waterworld basically when it came out. It was one of those like, this is a flop before it even came out. So it kind of had it, people working against it, sort of. Long, long ways after, which Kevin Costner put some of his own money into this, Kevin Costner still holds that this is like still fine and good. Didn't like it at the time. But he's like, hey, people really liked this movie. So, like, back off. This does not, this was not a low point in my career. This was just, a, you know, had a rough marketing thing behind it. Wow. And that is all the news behind Waterworld, the production. And you had no, had no experience with this movie before this week. I want to watch the documentary of the making of this movie. I'm just letting you know now. Like, uh, I'd love to see that. I am not done with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's my experience I saw this. When I was a kid, not in the theaters, obviously, but I think this is one that was on TV sometimes. Mm -hmm. But we also had a VHS of it. Okay. I think we had a VHS of this movie. And so I, I'm pretty sure my dad really liked this movie. Mm -hmm. And as a kid, you know, you don't know what's good and what's not. So I had fond memories of the movie. Like I thought this movie was all right. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I have not seen it in years and years and years. Mm -hmm. and so, <laughs> so I'm sh I was sure it was not. Great, mm -hmm. but rewatching it now is it's pretty hilarious. Oh man, I'm gonna do the very first part because usually you take us through the movie, but I have to start us. Yes, I love it. It starts with the Universal logo. Yes, I paused it and went, "Man, they're gonna make this thing submerged in water, aren't they?" <laughs> sure enough, Universal logo changes to an all water, an all water Earth. Yes. Then the tr movie trailer guy, a very popular one, comes in and says. The future. The polar ice caps have melted, covering the Earth with water. Those who survived have adapted to a new world. Very short, honestly, for a setting up an end of the world. Like, usually there's a much more talking or text on screen. Right. We don't really know what happened, but it starts with a nice prophecy like every good movie does. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> or just like an explanation that it's the future. We then cut to P going into a cup and we pan up and we see Kevin Costner's behind in pants <laughs> as he pees into a cup. Yes. Which brings about a jarring way to start a movie. But like, okay, I'm cool. I want to stop right here. This is 45 seconds in into the movie. <laughs> he puts that urine into a contraption and then drinks it, right? That's, that's right. You're telling me this contraption exists. And during the rest of the movie, no one can figure out a way to turn salt water into drinking water? Well, I don't think water was an issue. Water was an issue. When was drink Like, drinking water wasn't an issue. They paid for a cup of, like, he paid a lot of money for a cup of water. On the boat later, she's like, I'm not going to drink for 12 days. People aren't able to get fresh water. Unless it rains, maybe. 
I feel like they called it Hydro, and it was never clear what it was, but it seemed like it was some kind of alcoholic thing. Because one of the bad guys was trying to get information from somebody else, and he looked like he was like a drug addict go through withdrawal or something. So I don't think that was just water. Oh, I think that's different than the water. I think there was actually like, like they had like a little bit of water. Okay. Well, anyway. Carry us through this movie. I'm ready. No, no, no. I just want to say pimping in a cup and then drinking it was so impressionable even as a kid. Like, oh man, I didn't remember a ton of scenes from it, but I remembered that one. Like it was very, I think him also being lowered into the slime recycle pool was also pretty, there was some (laughs) jarring imagery in this movie. There was, and it wasn't clear. Like, is that recycling pool? Like, would it kill you before you drown? Is it painful? No, no. No, I don't think it is. I think you drown in it. Yeah, it's like compost for humans. Well, then what is it being recycled into? Like, that's never made clear. I think they're using it to feed the plant. Oh, To feed the big tree. Okay, very good. I think that's what, like, the roots of the tree are soaking up. All right, well, listen, if you have not seen this movie, the premise is, this is in the future. The polar ice caps have melted, like the narrator said. And the whole uh, earth is just covered with water. Kevin Costner's character is some kind of drifter. He has a, his own boat, and he's just kind of drifting around. And we come later to find out that he's a, a mutant. He's an X-Man. Yes. He's Aquaman. <laughs> and, and some guy at some point yells at him, Mutation! But anyway, he has gills. He has gills behind his ears. And webbed feet. And webbed feet. Now, there's a, a girl that he finds in some little like floating village and there's a map on her back, and the girl and her caretaker trying to escape. They believe that there's dry land somewhere. Everybody's looking for dry land. Right. Everyone, there's a, this, this myth that dry land exists somewhere. Apparently, it's blasphemy to say that the earth never was covered with water. I don't know. There's some kind of weird yes. uh, like religion stuff going on here and there. But anyway, the map tattooed on the girl's back. Supposedly, the girl's been to this dry land. And then there's also the bad guys, which are called the smokers. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> who literally smoke a lot. I could tell if they were smokers because of the exhaust from their vehicles. I think it's the exhaust. Yeah, I think it's yeah, like the, the, the gasoline they produce smoke. Led by Dennis Hopper, who's the, the, the lead smoker. Oh, my. Let me just ask you here. How would you feel about Dennis Hopper? <laughs> we have talked in a past episode about guys that should only play bad guys. Right. Dennis Hopper is great as a bad guy. The lines they give him. Oh, by the way, the script was a mess and being rewritten by like 17 people. The lines that he gets yeah. are so dumb that at some point in time, there is a guy who's shooting a machine gun. Yes. And they said like, <laughs> I've ever down. Chuck, stop it. And he's like, maybe he goes by Charles. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I want to play this. Well, what's that cousin's name? Chuck. Hey, Chuck, he's pulling him right into us. Maybe he doesn't answer to Chuck. Call him Charles. Charles! <laughs> it's dead serious. He makes quips as if he has been to our world. Like, he, right. like, I would not be surprised if at the end they're like, and he's a time traveler from the early 2000s. And he also calls like their main ship the D's for diesel. So apparently the, the whole boat, this Exxon thing, was from like a tanker crash in St. Joe. This Joe guy was a, there was like an oil spill back in 1900s or whatever. And that's what it's referring to. And that's what the boat's from. St. Joe, we're close. After centuries of shame. I don't know if the D's was referring to Exxon Valdez. Oh. <laughs> like, like, an, like an Exxon uh, a thing. 
I don't know. I, but I mean, there's a real story, and he's like the patron saint of pollution. <laughs> yes. The boss hog, if you yes. will. Anyway, yeah, Dennis Hopper's character is like totally outrageous. He does have terrible lines. I do think it's kind of funny sometimes. Like he calls all his like cronies his cousins. Yeah, he's got he's got so much charm just naturally. Like I saw him on that boat at the very beginning. I was like, yes, 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 yes. And then at the towards the end in the climax of the movie, he's making this long, long speech to his boat people. Oh man, yes. Which the long speech is ridiculous, but he tells them all to go row, and then one of his henchmen is like, "Where are we going?" He's like, I don't know yet, but they'll roll for a month and they won't even ask. I've had a vision so great that as it came to me, I wept. And in this was He is good 20% of the time in this movie. And the rest right. of the parts are not his fault at all. It was a little funny when he gets that fake eye and he asks everybody how it looks. Yeah. And they all say like, oh yeah, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, yeah. And then the one, one kid's like, looks terrible. Great special effects makeup on his burnt out eye. Yes, that actually is pretty good. Like, yeah, looks like it doesn't have an eye. Can we talk about the rest of the smokers? <laughs> sure, sure. Apparently, they never admitted, that, <laughs> some of the people on this movie never admitted that Mad Max was a real uh, inspiration to them. Uh, but I, I had crazy Mad Max vibes the whole time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And these smoke, like, I think all of it was cool and great. And I liked the smokers and I liked the whole look of this had kind of a post-apocalyptic hook vibe to it yeah like lost boys right until the jet skis the jet skis are the one thing that i just can't quite get past you can make it look rusty all you want but like this is a jet ski right i would rather have the guys water skiing behind a plane flying off ramps like yes i'm in but for some reason the jet skis i don't like them fair enough one other line i just want to mention and then we could talk about some of the the script writing in this movie dennis hopper when he t- he's taking the girl later in the movie that's funny there are some terrible terrible lines in this movie yeah many delivered by kevin costner himself <sighs> the scene when he's in that cage sinking into the recycling mud and the lady is trying to rescue him and she says you know if I let you out of here, you're taking us with you. Sure. Sure. <laughs> That's the line of this pivotal moment of the of the movie. Oh, man. So many terrible, so many terrible. The script is so bad in this movie. I can't tell if people are good actors or bad actors. Like, that is how preposterous it gets. I have this thought about every other Kevin Costner movie. Are you good at acting? Are you bad at acting? And it's tough. It's tough to tell. And it's tough to tell in this movie. And it was tough to tell if um, Jean Triplehorn, I don't know what her name was in this movie. She was Helen. Okay, Helen. And Ilano, is that the little girl? What's the little girl's name? Enola. 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 She was, she's the girlfriend in Napoleon Dynamite, by the way. What? I can't tell if any of those people can act yeah i think they can i they definitely did more things in hollywood so i assume like okay they didn't totally flop you guys have skills but the script is rough it's very bad you know you got me thinking about kevin costner now whether like can he act or, or not i'm not sure i've seen him in some movies i think he's done a great job acting okay let's talk about his character in this movie yes this is a rough indictment of 90s hero because the man a Punches and slaps around a woman quite a bit in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's Hits rough. her with a paddle. Like, morally not great. Right. 
he also is so stoic all the time that I think Kevin Costner is naturally charming. Great smile when he's like in these different movies. I think Bull Durham's one of them. And the movie with Jennifer Aniston, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Rumor has it. Yes, rumor has it. The guy can smile and be super charming. I don't think he ever smiles in this movie. There is no joy in his character at all. And that's rough. That's rough to watch. The only scene you get that is when he's teaching Enola to swim. Which feels out of place. Yeah, it totally feels out of character and out of place. But you do get a moment of like, oh, he's not like a robot. Right. He didn't just want to like murder this little girl and throw her into the water. Most of his speaking is like single word or like two, three word responses. But every once in a while, he'll say like a sentence. Right. And Nate, I want to ask you. Yes. Could you grok what kind of yes. accent he was supposed yes. to have? Yes. You don't look much like her. I think what Kevin Costner is going for, welcome to Accent Corner. Yes. I think what he is going for here is a person who is has learned English as a second language. So I think what he's going for is someone who has learned English and is pronouncing it as if you just learned English. We, as Americans, we're able to parse out when people from different parts of the world speak English because there's specific ways that they say things. Right. When they're speaking with an accent from their country. We have an American accent, so we can tell each other apart. Right. I think he's going for, I just learned English, but it's not coming from anything else. So it's just kind of over-enunciated... Uh, okay. Trying to be a blank canvas. Right. Trying to betray no like New Yorkiness, Midwesterness. It's just just speak English normal, which is strange because at some point in time, Gene Triplehorn comes in and speaks with like New England sort of accent. Right. And I'm like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> right. Are you from Boston? It seems like some of the papers and artifacts that are seen on screen are like Asian. Like they have yes. like Asian type yes. writing. So he speaks he also speaks Hindi at some point in time to the early drifter. Oh, and right. he said something like is is Portugreek. Portugreek. So I think they're yeah. putting together a world where, you know, a language has evolved like it does over the years. Right, right. Well, apart from the terrible lines and the weird accents, there is one, in my opinion, awesome part of Kevin Costner's character, which is yes. his boat. Yes. His, is that a part of his character? If does he get credit for that boat? I mean, he runs the boat. Like he's yes, like yes. there. The best parts of this movie is when he's flying around that boat. Yes, jumping up, going down under, like doing all that. Like yes, his boat is very cool. Perfect. Here we go. The set design is the coolest thing about this movie. Yeah, I mourn the fact that they don't make sets like this anymore. Uh, yeah. It's just not cost effective. Right. Like you will never have a giant floating circular horseshoe city or a boat that has all these working contraptions and sails that fly out and stuff that spins around like you won't have that again right you'll have little bits of it followed by you know with cgi surrounding it right again take me taking me back to hook and like the cool like lost boy city that they constructed yeah i really liked it i really liked all of the elements of it i loved the the winch i loved the way that he, I don't know why he pedals with his hands to do something on his boat. <laughs> right, he does cool. that from time to time. <laughs> I like the thing that he puts the little beads in that yes. slowly empty into that container. The way the sails go up in like a matter of seconds. 
That's amazing. It was so cool. Like the way that he leans off the boat in order to tip side of it up. Right. He got over the net because he was doing that. Like, right. It's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. That, that part of his character was fun. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. It was very cool. Let's get into like the design of this world. There is, I can't believe I'm saying this. There is sticking power to this movie, Stephen, for me. Right. 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 Like this world. (laughs) The world where there is no land, basically. Right. And everything's floating. And like it is kind of what mortal engines could could be. Right. I think both mortal engines and Waterworld have such a cool premise. Yes. That is then destroyed by like people thinking like, well, they just want action and stuff. I would love to delve into more of like the history of how it got this way and the adaptions that people have made and how we go about surviving that is super cool stuff that stuff makes me think and is exciting and how we we go about like the code of the drifters meeting each other and the trading and what they find valuable yeah that stuff's also cool what do you think yeah no i agree and it's it's cool that they like dirt is valuable he could get dirt because he can swim to the bottom and get it from there yeah just like there's a there's one line where she talks about like how do you have all this stuff on your boat like these crazy things that no one has ever seen and it's because he's diving to the bottom of the ocean and getting it right but just just the fact like he has like national geographic magazines and like crazy stuff on his boat and you know it's funny like the whole world is not super complicated nope you have his boat you have other people's boats you have the smokers and their fleet and then we see like one atoll which is like the floating town right while there's a, a lot went into the set does design and making of it like there's not a ton of scenery it's all water right i would have loved to see people from different parts of the world and their different ships a little mortal engines-esque like i'd love to see like okay what is someone like the people from like china when they've created their vessels like do they have different looking aesthetics and where like mortal engines i feel like overcomplicated the world Mm -hmm. and almost made it difficult to enter into mm-hmm. the simplicity of water world is like any new thing besides open water is super interesting right and so you have this and there's also like this one time when the smokers basically kill everybody on this little outpost and they're like waving the dead people's hands to ambush mm-hmm. kevin costner but you're like what is that thing like that's like just floating out here in the middle of the water do people like live on that yes and it immediately elicits all these questions that are interesting even on the atoll like where do they get food how do they right like how are they surviving how did how did you build that tree how like how did you get all these vegetables this vegetation you have right and the tomato plant (laughs) right and when kevin costner is first coming into the atoll you know the whole gate is cool you know the way they're opening the big gate and he looks over and they're like an old person died and they're about to put her into the recycling mud but they're cutting off her hair first and it's like why are they cutting off her hair well it's probably to make rope for rope yeah yeah but like those little things like a thought was actually put into it and they created a world where those little things are interesting it, it's a world. They created a world. Right. The The sad thing is they created this really interesting world and then just kind of populated it with jet ski stunts and explosions. Yeah. Whereas like the survival of the people, like when he walks by at some point and says like, you have nothing to give me, you're dying. You don't have anything. You're dying. Right. Whoa. Right. Like, yeah. Whoa. Well, and then like those people wanted Kevin Costner to make a baby with one of their daughters. Right. 
that elicited a bunch of questions like what is a baby going to do for you like that's another mouth to feed and in your situation that's not great like why is that desirable right the the baby just seems to add more issues you would think instead of less they can elicit so many questions in just a few moments the only other thing i wanted to mention about the world that was cool is at one point helen and enola are like starving and she's like we need food she like screams and so kevin costner goes fishing with himself <laughs> jason statham style like in the meg right we see this massive meg style shark uh, and he harpoons it from the inside and it's like, wait a minute, there's like crazy creatures in this world too? Right. And that's the only time we ever see one. And it's like, wait a minute, Let's give us more of that. Talk about that. Exactly. Are there like, are there really giant things you have to be worried about? Well, I can, like there should be legends, I would think of like some kind of Loch Ness, whatever, or, or dragons or, you know, yes. if you're going to create this whole world where there's some kind of weird religion, some stuff is blasphemous to talk about. Like, let's talk about some right. crazy creatures and stuff too. I would love to, uh, people who lived in like underground caves would be kind of cool. I mean, by underground, I mean underwater caves. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, right yeah. below the surface. I liked when those jet skis were tied down underneath the water for the ambush. Yeah, that was interesting. That was pretty fun. For the oil, there was like the, the one like old guy down below <laughs> who like handles all of that. I might have been losing steam at this point in time of the movie. Yes. But how did they get the oil? What was that old guy all about? What was he doing down there? That oil tanker was found and they've just been using the oil from that tanker forever like because there's never a point where they can replenish they replenish the oil and they never talk about having to get more oil mm. so it seems like they've just been running off this one tanker since dennis hopper found it or whatever okay they're not finding more right now that old guy down there <laughs> of all the characters in this movie i felt bad for him i think when the whole thing lights up and explodes he says something like oh thank god yes he does <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what <laughs> He does, but it's like all he's doing down there is measuring the level of the oil. So every once in a while, Dennis Hopper will be like, how much we got? And he'll say, four feet. He's just living down there. He has to be down there the whole time just for that? You can't lower somebody down there? <laughs> no. That's very... No, no. Okay, before we get to Romance Corner, because I kind of want to end on Romance Corner, I want to talk about the end of the movie real quick. Yeah. They end up finding land. Jurassic Park. Because they just flipped the tattoo upside down, and apparently it was like, oh, well, it turns out that's not north, it's south. Right. Right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And they find uh, Isla Muerta from Jurassic Park. <laughs> Perfect. When they arrive there, they find like a Tarzan-like dwelling and two bones right. people, skeletons as they call them, laying there. These apparently were the parents of the little girl. Right. I don't understand this. Did they tattoo their daughter so that she, she could find her way back if she ever got taken or something? I imagine they tattooed it on her and they maybe sent her away to, to get help or they were dying and, I don't know, floated her away. Hopefully someone would find her and take care of her. I'm not sure. Because she'd be better off on the open sea than in the paradise? <laughs> Well, I mean, if it was, she was like baby. Uh, they must have said something about it, and I missed it, right? I don't remember them ever. Why is the little girl out there? Yeah. Why the, is this happening? I don't think there was any explanation about that. Must have been in the extended cut. Ah, uh, yes. The, the girl also comes in, plays the music box, is like, I'm home. She doesn't seem bothered by the skeletons of her parents. Well, she's a little weird. You know, let's be honest. <laughs> she, oh. she also has that huge uh, monologue about Kevin Costner's character. 
that comes out of nowhere. He comes out of nowhere. He doesn't fear death. He doesn't know his name. He will come for you and he will murder you. And he will find your bones and grind your bones to make his bread. Not afraid of anything. Men least of all. He's fast and strong with a big wind. He can hear a hundred miles and see a hundred miles underwater. I was like, where did this come from? This is not you. Well, yeah. Well, the, the last thing, too, is that the island that they find. I don't know why Kevin Costner just can't hang around the island with them. <laughs> you know, he says this is too weird and he has to leave. And it's like, there's water surrounding this island. Can't you just hang around the island? Right. So you're telling me you're going to go off into the world, drink your own pee some more. Trade with dangerous traders. All right. Cycle down and get more garbage to try to stay alive. Instead of just like, or you could just like tie it off to the to a shore and float out in the water right. and live out on your boat like a houseboat. Right. Yeah. Just sleep on the boat. That's fine. Yeah. The fact that he has to go off like the sea calls me. I'm like, oh, okay. But you also want to stay alive, <laughs> don't you? Right. Like he's not that much fish. Like he has gills and his feet are slightly <laughs> webbed. It's not like he's. Waterworld, colon, he's not that much fish. <laughs> Last thing before Romance Corner, the flying machine that the old guy made, yeah. the, dirigi, the dirigibil, that was kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the elaborate launching mechanism that he accidentally triggers during the fight. <laughs> that was, it was kind of fun, just like. And he goes up in the air and absolutely, yeah, accidentally yeah. leaves him so he can strategically come back. Oh, wait, I have one more thing. Oh, 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 I, f- I forgot this. Yes. At the very end, they get in that flying boat and the girl falls off. Yes. Quite a long ways. A long ways, okay? yes. She then <laughs> gets attacked by all these jet skis coming at her at one point in time. And Kevin Costner ties a rope to his ankle, then says, tie it off, and jumps. Bungie jumps out of this. Yeah. <laughs> The probability of choosing the correct line of rope so that you can go down, not hit the water yourself, grab her by the arm, and bungee cord back up on this non-bungee cord, which shouldn't work. Right, yeah. The, the difference between not quite getting down to her and just headbutting her by smashing into her from 200 feet up is infinitesimally small and rare that this works. Right. Well, and my biggest issue was that that's not a bungee cord. Like it's a yeah, rope. Yeah, that should not bounce. It should just <laughs> like his legs should just stay attached to the rope and his body's just done. All right. The final part of this movie that we need to cover. <laughs> Romance Corner. <laughs> you seem like you have some thoughts on that, Nate. I do. I do. The only setup is she basically frees him from the cage. So he takes her and Enola with him. She offers him herself at first as kind of like repayment right like stay like keep us keep her on the boat i'll do what i need to do right kevin costner seems to consider it and then is like nah (laughs) and later in the movie after his boat is destroyed by the smokers and they're like stranded she asks him why didn't you take me then he's like well you didn't really want me (laughs) yep yep so he has a heart apparently because you didn't really want me how does that uh, romance story translate to you, Nate. <sighs> Steven, I would put it in sort of the same level of romance as the time machine uh, and the, the, the mother there or the woman there, who, again, I don't think was the mom of the little boy in that movie either. 
right. convenient. This woman has seen this man throw this young girl over. She has been hit in the head with him by a paddle. Uh, she has seen him trade her away at some point in time to the other creepy trader dude right. in return for paper or something. Yeah. I don't understand why there is any connection between her and him other than he's a good-looking half-fish, half-man, and he wears really tight, wet, striped pants. He taught Enola how to swim. Yeah, yeah, that was the scene they used. I'm pretty sure that they didn't have that scene in, and then they're like, well, why would she want to be with him at all? Because during that scene, she like stares at him like, oh, man. Wouldn't he make a great father to a half fish, half man, baby? <laughs> he teaches. He, she's teaching. He's teaching her to swim. I'm glad they weren't together at the end because it doesn't make any sense. The only cool part of their relationship at all, the only part that was like, oh, I get it, is when he helps her breathe underwater by making out with her and giving her his oxygen, which I'm sh- not right. sure how that works with gills. I don't think you just breathe out the oxygen, but. Oh, well. Right. (laughs) That was the only part where she's like kissing him and her eyes go wide like, I can breathe. Okay. That's kind of, that's kind of fun. Other than that, blah. Yeah. It was problematic in a lot of ways. (laughs) Uh, I didn't even feel like there was really much romance. Like even there's apparently alluded to that they do make love on the boat after it was destroyed. But like even that, it seems like I don't believe that he would be into that now. (laughs) It's not like she has shown that she now... Loves him, really. At that point in time, the boat is destroyed. They've taken the little girl. Were they just like, there's no hope anymore, and so we might as well? That's because she says, like, we're going to die out here. Oh. So I guess it's one of those. It's the end of the world, and we know it. And I feel fine. Well, Nate, I would love to hear your rating for this movie. And I would like to rate it on a scale of zero to five green crayons. Mm. The green crayon mm-hmm. that Kevin Costner takes from the girl because she keeps drawing on his boat and then eventually gives it back. And he says, it's not hers, it's on loan. It's on loan. Nate, how would you rate Waterworld starring Kevin Costner? I am very conflicted. Here are my two parts. One, this movie has been destroyed by critics for years. It has been right. seen as a floppy, floppy, floppy. Right. This movie actually as of 2015 has made money so (laughs) take that critics it eventually made money so i feel bad being mean to it like everyone else but (laughs) on the other side it is not good and much like baronowski robles 2020 i think it should be edited down to 90 minutes yeah you're right i would cut out a lot of it there is a lot of what's that called adr right recording voice after yes I think because of the water conditions, that's that's tough on me. When you hear kind of like random people be like, go get him. Right. Very clearly like, hey, yeah, go get him. He's a mutant. <laughs> Bury him. Okay. Thanks for recording this later. It's not fun. It's not, I did not enjoy it, but the concept kind of stuck with me. Yeah. And I'm glad that I have seen it. I'm glad that I can go through my life knowing that I have seen Waterworld. So if you have never seen Waterworld, maybe once, maybe once, or maybe not once at all, (laughs) I'm going to give this movie one and a half green crayons. One and a half. One and a half green crayons. And I'll leave you with this. Kevin Costner required that there be some special effects after the shooting 
to cover up his receding hairline in different scenes. What? So that exists in the world, that knowledge. Uh-huh. But at times, he looks kind of cool f- jumping around through that his rope yeah. thing. So if they did, I, I watched for the covered up receding hairline. I couldn't see it. So great job of special effects. Great job on the set. I give my hat off. I give a four and a half to those who worked on this movie for what you went through. <laughs> it's really cool looking at times. I miss that part of movies. Too bad it's got a terrible script and a, a good guy with no personality. Well, I'm not going to defend this movie as some masterpiece of theater, but from the age that I saw it at, I have a little bit of a nostalgia lens. And I do think like, yeah, maybe don't pay to rent it. You can watch this on a Stars free trial <laughs> and stream it there. Yep. And surely one day this will be on Netflix or Amazon Prime. You know, I'm sure it makes its rounds through the the streaming services, but but I would give this movie a two. I would give this movie a two green crayons. Mm. If you were to ask me, do I want to see Waterworld or Hobbs and Shaw again? Yes, it'd be a close call. Oh, be a close call. So I'm rating them both as two. But right now, what would you pick? You've seen them both recently. What would you want? To, like I said, right now, you have to watch one of them. Turn it on. Yeah, I'll put Hobbs and Shaw on for sure. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. But like five years from now, I would probably be, I would probably want to watch Waterworld well, again. We'll see if we're still doing this in five years and we'll come back to it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Siri, set an alarm for 2024. Ah, uh, 250 episodes from now. Yes. Should we jam through this top five? Let's do it. Which one, which one are you doing? The top 1995 movies. Okay. I haven't, I haven't seen enough Kevin Costner movies to, to rank them. I don't okay. Think. Might I suggest The Guardian? If you're going to look at Kevin Costner movies, good movie with Ashton Kutcher. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did it, was Kevin Costner in The Bodyguard with Whitney Houston? Yes. See, I remember that being a classic. Field of Dreams. Yeah, I remember Field of Dreams, right. There's okay, some, well, anyway. There's anyway. some stuff. Draft Day is a terrible movie that I love. Guilty Pleasure movie. Anyway. All right. Top five. These are our top five movies of 1995. Big caveat before I start. Okay. I was seven in 1995. Yeah, sure. There are a lot of movies from 1995 that are highly rated that I have never seen because this falls into my, my blank space uh, where it's like I haven't gone back to watch this. I was too young to watch a lot of these. Right. So right. that's like I've never seen The Usual Suspects. I'm sorry, people out there. I hear it's very good. Well, I've, yeah, I've seen Kaiser Sose. I'm in a similar situation. I was nine. So I did not see the adult-type movies from this era. Right. Like Heat with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro came out in 1995. There's just a lot of stuff that's like, okay, I didn't really... I missed that. And I've never seen Tommy Boy. If you guys don't like our top five, it's because I haven't seen a lot of them. So there. <laughs> right. My list will definitely shade young. Sure, for sure. Well, what's your number five? My number five is Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh my goodness, I missed that one. Oh boy. I think okay. you would I think you like it. I bet you like oh, it. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. Richard Dreyfus, very good. Beautiful Cole. Touching moment. That's my number five. Oh my word. I have to rejigger everything here. Ooh, yeah, take some time. Uh, while you do that, I have an honorable mention of Babe. Oh. Pig in the City. Yes. And Big Green. Both movies that I think I watched a lot as a kid, both uh have a special place in my heart. Ba Ram You. 
Ba-ram you. <laughs> okay, well, I will put Babe in my honorable mentions as well. I loved that movie as a kid. And I'm going to put Braveheart in my honorable mentions. Okay. So, my number five is Jumanji. Mm, very good. Jumanji with Robin Williams. My number four is While You Were Sleeping. Oh, man. With Sandra Bullock. How did I miss all these? It was a top one in my rom-com sort of setup. Yes. It is very good. The premise is preposterous, but Sandra Bullock is so charming. Yes, yes, I agree. I'll add that to my honorable mentions as well. I forgot about that one. Okay. My number four is Goldeneye. Goldeneye came out in 1994. First Pierce Brosnan 007 movie. I just assume that you're talking about the N64 game because I know you did not put the... Oh, absolutely. I put the movie the in there. movie, Goldeneye. We've already done Goldeneye, haven't we? We've talked about Goldeneye. I'm going to have to go back and listen to our own podcast. Yes, listeners, go back. I don't remember what we said about it. I think Jill makes a guest appearance on that episode because she discusses the improbability of Xenia uh, suffocating people with her thighs. Oh, yeah. Thigh yeah. squeezing. Yeah. But anyway, no, that's my number four. It's squarely there. Okay. My number three <laughs> is Braveheart. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. It was an early impactful movie for me because I think I saw Braveheart maybe a little bit before I should have. And there's just something about when you see a movie a tiny, like three years before maybe you're mature enough to see it, there's something that gets implanted in your brain. And I feel like there are scenes of Braveheart that just like hit me strongly, probably because I was, I don't know, maybe I was 12 when I saw it. Yeah. Not when it first came out, but yeah. Right, right, right. Braveheart, right. number three. Well, my number three is Pocahontas, the Disney animated movie. I thought you said nothing was... Good was produced by Disney between 1994 Have you listened to my talk yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm so, so sorry. So don't even make any comments until you listen to my okay. talk. Okay. 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 I'll listen to your TED Talk, Stephen. Fine. The Lion King was the last number one box office movie that Disney made until 20-something. I, I understand. That's all I'm saying. Did Pocahontas do better or worse than Waterworld? Well, no clearly. one knows. Anyway. All right. What's your number two? My number two is Jumanji. Yep. Again, Classic. a little bit. I think I saw this maybe in 1996, like when it came out on video. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was terrifying. We've talked about this before. <laughs> I love terrifying. it. I love it. It's so good. I'm not sure if I haven't seen it in a long time. Not sure if it's still good, but I remember it as being good. Yeah. You know, the second Dwayne Johnson Jumanji is coming out in December. I am I'm ready for Movies on the Side to return to that well again. <laughs> a fruitful Dwayne Johnson tomato plant. Well, my number two is the Tom Hanks movie Apollo 13. I loved that movie as a teenager, and I think it holds up. I have never seen it, so we're going to have to do that at some point in time. We've discussed oh, this. Yes, Apollo 13. Well, what's your number one then? Pocahontas? My number one is Toy Story. Yes. Toy Story came out in 1995. And revolutionized the computer animation game. Yep. It's still, the story still holds up. The animation looks old, 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 but it was 1995, so everyone just be kind. It was groundbreaking. It. it was groundbreaking. So Toy Story is also my number one. We agree. Yes. Because it's an incredible landmark movie. Have you read that Pixar book, Creativity, Inc.? See, now you're being funny now. <laughs> So I'm not even going to go on about it. 
man, I thought you were going to bite. Nope. I, I, I put my leg in the water hoping to get chomped on so I could harpoon you from the inside. Nope, nope. I saw it coming from a mile away. <laughs> Bummer. Said, not taking it. Not taking the bait. Don't take the bait. Toy Story, it's an incredible movie. Still holds up. Need to see it. Disney Plus now. You can watch every Toy Story ever made. I know. I might have to get Disney Plus so I can watch The Mandalorian. I think you should. That's, that's, that's life. Anyway, listeners, thank you for staying with us as we talked about Waterworld. Colin, he's not that much of a fish. <laughs> Steven, yes. can you tell people how to rate and review us? Yes, people. Well, first of all, follow us on Instagram at movies on the side because people have been commenting over there. Send us or DMS pictures of weird artisanal bespoke waters so we can read the descriptions in our future episodes. Instagram.com slash movies on the side. Comment on there. And I just have to let everyone know at this point in time, Instagram is the fastest way to get your replies and your thoughts directly to our eyeballs. Yes. So if you disagree and you want us to know right away as soon as you listen to it, I get a notification on my phone when an Instagram comment comes Mm. up on movies on the side. So if you have things you want us to see immediately, that's the way to do it. That's right. And remember, free t-shirt or hoodie depending on your level of support. If you support us on Patreon, and we would appreciate if you did that, patreon.com slash movies on the side. You get a bonus episode every week with a ginormous library of bonus episodes now. And uh, I think, uh, what, did Tom say he appreciated our, our deep emotional episode? No, he hasn't listened to it yet because he's oh, he a bad Patreon supporter. Well, no, no, no. Any Patreon supporter. No, he's a good Patreon good supporter. Money. He's just waiting to save them all up. There are literally hours of Patreon content for you to enjoy. Literally. And you get a t-shirt. So exactly. Do it. Why not treat yourself this holiday season? And finally, we've, it's been a while since we've gotten a, a five-star review. I think, I think our last one is still <laughs> your, your dad, Nate. Hey, I think it's because we haven't been putting out five-star quality no, episodes. No, they've been no, like I four disagree. and a half. Let's be honest. They've been four and a half. Well, that's, it reflects on our podcast rating because we're a four and a half star podcast right now. But I... <laughs> I believe that we are a five-star podcast. And so, listener, if you have not given us five stars in Apple Podcasts or iTunes, if you have an Android or a Windows PC, we'd appreciate if you gave us a five-star rating with a little comment, say, uh, we love Mots or something like that, so we know that you ranked us. We'd appreciate it. Thank you. And remember, enjoy the earth while we have it, because soon dry land's going away.